Today we'll be reading from two passages. The first one is Ephesians 5:15 to 21. Look carefully then how you walk, not as one unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the, what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And the second one is Colossians three sixteen to 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I'd like to ask a question to begin this sermon. This question is, raise your hand if you like Disney movies. All right? <laughs> a lot of people like Disney movies. And raise your hand if you also enjoy musicals. Oh, I heard a gasp here, right? Musicals, all right? Well, guys, I have a confession to make. And the confession is this. When I was growing up as a little kid... <laughs> I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> this side right here is glaring at me right now. <laughs> when I was growing up as a little kid, I actually did not enjoy the singing portions of these movies. <laughs> whenever a song came, whenever, you know, they're normally talking and the, and the movie's going, whenever someone started singing, I was like, ah, again? Anybody else like that? Oh, John Westfall, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for some reason, I, I didn't like the singing portions of songs growing up. Now I appreciate them, but um, they, showed, they sure did work in helping me remember the movies. Right? These songs, they help me remember movies. I want to start off with a little activity today. I'm going to sing certain songs, and uh, I want to, you guys to guess the movie. Little kids' movies, all right, growing up. Ready? Following the leader, the leader, the leader. Peter Pan, all right, Peter Pan. How many of you guys, how many of you guys did not see Peter Pan? Wow, wherever we will go. That was one of my favorite movies growing up, Peter Pan, right? You've got a friend in me. Told a story. Very easy, very easy, all right? Here's another one. This is not a Disney movie, but just a movie incorporating song. <coughs> <laughs> There's a song that's inside of my soul. <laughs> Walk to remember. Jamie Sullivan, many more. Let's go. City of stars. La La Land. All right. Uh, we'll stop it right there. I can keep going. Right? <laughs> One more. One more. No, I, I, I really can't. Really can. <laughs> my voice is giving out. I need to preach. You know, um, 
just seeing the first line of these songs, you guys already know what the, what the you know, all these, all these scenes are coming into your head and you know what the movie is about. There's something powerful about songs, right? And, and there's something powerful about musicals. Uh, how many of you guys seen, I'm going to say this wrong, Les Miserables, raise your hand, right? Les Miserables. Uh, I have a story to tell. One time, I went to go watch this movie with my mom and my sister. And I was sitting there in the theater, and then my mom, my mom was sitting on my right, my sister on my left. And to be honest, I was young. Uh, to be honest, I was like, oh, when is this movie going to end? There's so much singing. So much singing. I mean, it's a musical, right? Um, and then finally, the movie ended. And I'm like, yes, it's time to go home. I looked to my left. My sister is like puoso because she was, she's like crying. I'm like, what? are you okay? I look to my right. My mom, she's like weeping. And I'm like, what did I miss? <laughs> I'm like, I'm so cold. I'm so cold. I was like, what was this like? Such a, it seemed like it was such an emotional experience. Watch Anybody else tear up watching Les Miserables? Right? Oh, Somyo. Dang, bro. <laughs> Sorry, I just called you out on the internet. <laughs> you know, I had this thought. Whoever came up with the idea of incorporating music and singing songs in film, in movies? I understand background music. But in the middle of talking, all of a sudden someone starts singing. Like, in, the norm, in normal life, that's not normal. Can you imagine... Can you imagine, like, we're in a, I'm in a, like, an argument with my wife, Pauline, and then, like, and then a minor key hits in, and then we start, like, and then we start singing our fights. You know what I mean? Not just our fights, but, you know, our affections. It, you know, the pads come in. And, uh, can you imagine? Like, who thought of this idea of incorporating singing in film? It's not normal life. And the reason why I bring this up is, in the two passages that Gina beautifully read for us today, um, Apostle Paul, he's commanding these churches, and they say the same thing, the same commands. It says, I want you guys to sing hymns, sing psalms, sing spiritual songs to one another. When I read that, I'm like, what? <laughs> Think about that. It says, addressing one another in singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Addressing one another. When I read that, I was like, what does, what does that even mean? Does it, is Paul saying, is Paul saying that we should live like a musical? You know? Is Paul, man, this corner over here, they're like, yes, that's what he's saying. <laughs> you know, the church of Ephesus were, did they like, literally sing to each other? Maybe not. I'm pretty sure that's not what this passage is. These passages are talking about it. But, as I thought about this, I realized there's something very significant, something very powerful that these film directors understood about incorporating songs. Paul is not saying singing to one another, but these film directors, they, they're catching something. 
they're realizing that there's power in song. There's power in singing songs. And I believe it's not just these film directors that understand that. You know who understands that? God understands that. As a matter of fact, God designed for us to sing. God designed for us to sing. Matter of fact, He has commanded us to sing. There's something about music and song that expresses so much more clearly what's deep within the heart. There's something about singing a song where, where the, whether it's the tone and the rhythm and the, and the pace and the melody, the expression that fully, more fully expresses the emotions and the reality within the heart. Right? Draws out our, our, our emotions. Draws out the thoughts of our hearts. Singing, brothers and sisters, is biblical. Singing is biblical. These passages are not talking about living life like a musical. These passages are talking about congregational worship. Corporate worship. You know, what we did just now, as Yun led us into worship, as we set apart this sacred time, emphasize the word sacred, before we get into the word, that's what we're doing. We are dressing one another with songs, with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's what Paul is talking about here. Did they church? Did they sing in the early church? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Today, I want to preach on the importance and power of corporate worship. Okay? Singing, the importance and power of course, corporate worship. The title of my sermon is, Your Singing Matters. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, your singing matters. Mm. Yeah. Your singing matters, all right? You know, what we are doing when we gather as God's people, whether it's on a Sunday or any other assembly of God's people, we're doing something so much more deeper and significant than we think. It's not just, it's not just a spiritual karaoke time where the lyrics are up there and we're singing along. It's not just that. It's not a form, it's not the concert portion of a Sunday service. It's, it's not a portion where we come and observe, watch, and listen, actually. Let me go ahead and say this. It's a time where we sing, we engage, we participate, we join, we experience together. Corporate worship is a time where we experience together, not observe. All right? It's a unified effort to exalt God together in song. A unified effort. Not, it's not a time where people come individually and just have their individual time with God. It's corporate worship where we join in one heart to exalt our God together. Now, I'm so thankful that we as a church, you know, we love to sing. I'm so thankful. I'm part of a church, New Philly, that when we come on Sundays, like, it's not like, it's not quiet. It's not quiet at all. Like, we love to sing. And I don't know if you guys have been feeling, if you guys have been coming out for the past couple months. I mean, I feel that I've heard, I've heard other people say this too. But it's, it feels a bit different these past couple months. 
when it comes to our time of corporate worship. There seems to be more unction and, and worship, and, and, and people are just beginning to really just go for it. There's, there seems to feel a little bit more freedom here in the room in these past couple months. And I am preaching this message not because we lack singing, but I just want to I just want to fan the flame a little bit more. There's a flame that I see in our church, and I just want to fan that a little bit more and exhort us, let's keep going and remind us of the importance of singing. Is that okay, guys? Yeah. You know, back in the day uh, at this church a long time ago, um, our, this church was known for to be a singing church. Worship, you know, was of prime importance at this church. Like, people would walk in. I remember, like, a couple years ago, I would walk in. And we would, when we would worship together, Pastor Susie mentioned this one time. When we would worship together, the congregation would be singing so loud. It's almost like they were leading the worship team. Leo, you remember that, right? It's like the worship team is leading. They're about, to, they're about to close the chorus. But then the congregation sings the chorus again. And then the worship team is like, oh, we got to play it again. I remember moments of worship where the singing was so loud. And not just the singing, but the expression of the heart, the unified effort was so loud. It almost just felt like an out-of-body experience. I remember one time I was leading worship and then people were just like going for it. People were jumping up and people were, people were just worshiping their heart out. And then I literally took a step back and was watching. I was like, what is going on right now? And I thought I was the only one thinking that. I looked to my right and then uh, my, my brother uh, Sam Choi, he's playing the djembe. He was here at our church before. He's playing the djembe and he's looking at me too. He's like, he's like, and he's like, he's playing, he's like, we're both thinking the same thing. I looked over and then there's this sister named Michelle Kwok. She's like singing her heart out. She's like, and we're both just so amazed at what is going on here. There's something, you know, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of man. His presence, when He, you know, His presence is everywhere. We all know that. But when He is invited and desired and hungered after, when He is exalted, with one heart. He loves, Holy Spirit loves to manifest Himself. I've been a part of worship service where people are worshiping and singing. Even during the worship services, people are being touched by the Holy Spirit and feeling the power of God in unexplainable ways. Even before we pray for healing, people are being healed during the time of singing. Man, I hope I'm casting vision for our church. Let's fan that flame that God has given us of worship. There's power in singing. Amen? Your singing matters. The Bible has a lot to say about singing. There is a theology of singing. And I just want to walk us through a little bit. You know, so many times the Bible has the command to love the command to love, we can all agree that the Bible commands so much to love. The Bible also, the, the number of times that the Bible commands also the most is, do not be afraid, many times. But also up there is the command to sing. The command to sing. 
Did you know that the Bible talks about singing more than 400 times? 400 times. That's a lot. The first song ever recorded in the Bible, you can find in Exodus 15. The story of the people of God being enslaved in Israel. And then God delivers them out extravagantly, miraculously. He splits open the Red Sea. They cross over. And then He closes the Red Sea. Swallows up the Egyptians that are following them. And there they are, finally freed from slavery. And when you read the chapter after their deliverance, the title of that chapter, Exodus 15, is The Song of Moses. The first praise song ever recorded in the Bible. It's a long song. I'm not going to read it. But then the Israelites, they begin to just sing. Just from their hearts, they realize they've been set free. They sing these songs about who God is, emphasizing and declaring who God is and what He has done. When you read this song, the lyrics of the song, it highlights God as deliverer. God as our fortress, our strength. God as my salvation. God as our warrior who fights for us. God as who is all-powerful and majestic. God who reigns. This powerful song that they're singing. And we all know the story. They go into the wilderness, the desert for 40 years. A lot of drama happens there. God is teaching them. For 40 years, teaching them how to see him as a father and not a slave driver. Discipling them, gaining trust. And in those 40 years, so much drama happens. People are falling into idolatry. People are complaining, saying, I'd rather be in Egypt under slavery again. There's no water. There's no food. God shows miracle after miracle after miracle again and again. They repent, come back to the Lord. They fall away from God again. So much drama in those 40 years. And then after those 40 years, they're about to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. The land flowing with milk and honey. And what do we see here? In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 19 to 22... I'm going to read this. Right before they cross over, God speaks to Moses. He says this. Hey, Moses, write down the words of this, what? Song. Teach it to the people of Israel. Help them learn it so it may serve as a witness for me against them. I will bring them into the land I swore to give to their ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey. There they will become prosperous, eat all the food they want, and become fat. But they will begin to worship other gods. They will despise me and break my covenant. And when great disasters come down on them, this song will stand as evidence against them, for it will never be forgotten by their descendants. I know the intentions of these people. Even now, before they have entered the land, I swore to give them. So that very day, Moses wrote down the words, the lyrics of the song, And taught it to the Israelites. Isn't that interesting? Moses meets God again. God's like, hey, basically, let me teach you this song. And I want you to teach this song 
to the Israelites. And I didn't catch this. I thought Exodus 15, when it says the title, The Song of Moses, I thought that was a song of Moses. I actually didn't know there was a remix. Song, you know, The Song of Moses, part two, remix. And this one was produced by God. And God chose to... Why? Why, why did God choose to teach, teach them this, this interesting song, by the way? If you read it, we're not going to read the whole thing. It's a long song again. If you read it, it's not as pleasant sounding <laughs> as the first song of Moses. This song, it talks about, it basically prophesies, Hey, you guys are going to fall away from me. You guys are going to go into the land filled with milk and honey. You guys are going to praise me and that thank you for the blessing, but then you guys are going to turn to idols with the blessings. And God is pretty much saying, I want you guys to sing a song about that. <laughs> Do you know why God switches up the song in the, you know, in the remix? <laughs> it's because... Now here in this song, this song is emphasizing God's righteousness, God's holiness, God's justice, God's loving discipline. It's not just a feel-good song. And there's a reason why God chose to teach the people of Israel in the form of song. King David, later on in the Old Testament, King David was a man after God's own heart, and he was a worshiper. He was a worshiper. He got the revelation of how holy and how good God was in a, such a strong way. You know what he did? He expressed his worship in the form of building the most epic choir ever. In First Chronicles 23, it says, David assembled all the leaders of Israel and the priests and the Levites. The Levites, 30 years old and upward, were, out, were numbered. And the total was 38,000 men. 24,000 of these, David said, shall have charge of the work in the house of the Lord. 6,000 shall be officers and judges. 4,000 gatekeepers. And 4,000 people... 4,000 people, praise team, shall offer praises to the Lord with the instruments that I have made for praise. That is a picture, not an exaggeration, literally what happened, but that is a picture that encapsulates the power and the importance of singing. Psalms are 150 songs of David, Asaph, and many others. Songs emphasizing Again, who God is in all that He has done. And the Psalms are also songs that are pleasant, but also don't sound so pleasant. Songs that highlight the kindness and the goodness of God, but songs that also highlight the justice and the discipline of God. Also, the importance of song in the Old Testament was in warfare. King Jehoshaphat, whenever he went to war, it's the strangest thing. Whenever they lined up their armies for battle, he summoned what? He summoned the worship team to stand in the front line. In 2 Chronicles 20 21, it says, And when he, Jehoshaphat, had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were going to, who were to what? 
Sing to the Lord and praise Him in holy attire as they went before the army. I'm like, what, what's, what's, how is that practical? How is that practical? But to the people of God, they understood the power of singing. They understood what it meant, not just to prepare physically for fighting, but to be prepared spiritually and in their hearts and in their minds. Later on, at the end of the Bible, the prophetic picture of what things will be like, guess what there's going to be? You guessed it. Singing. Revelation 5.13 And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Every tribe, every tongue, they are singing this song. In the Revelation 15.3, get this, this is interesting. What was the first song recorded in the Bible? Song of Moses. Revelation 15.3 And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Guys, brothers and sisters, corporate singing is not just a command for today. It's our destiny. It's what we're going after. Like, from, from what I've experienced, of what I shared earlier, of what we experienced in the past at our church, that's just scratching the surface of what's to come. Right now, I've only but scratched the surface as to what the Bible says about singing, why it's important. And for the rest of this message, I want to quickly go over, quickly go over six points, right? Quickly go over six points just to keep in mind in regards to singing. This is going to be fun. <laughs> First point is this. All of us are made to sing. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are made to sing. You are made to sing. I don't care what people tell me. I am made to sing. <laughs> Some of you guys are like, uh. <laughs> How do I know that we're all made to sing? It's not just select people who know how to sing. We're all made to sing. Well, the first reason is I love one of my favorite verses of the Bible is Zephaniah 3.17. It says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by His love. He will exult over you with loud singing. God Himself, the uncreated Trinitarian God, he sings over you and I. What does this have to do with me? We're made in His image. We're made in His image. You know, in our culture, you might have heard this in church, but in our culture, we can't help it, but there is a standard of beauty in our culture, isn't it? We hear in church, hey, don't measure yourself against the culture standard of beauty. 
measure yourself on how God sees you. Why am I now talking about beauty? You see, in the same way, in the same way, we are not to disregard singing because of what we think the culture standard of what a good song sounds like is. Okay? Like I imagine the song of Moses being sung and if I were to measure the quality of that song to, 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 today's, to today's culture, you know, I'd probably be like, what kind of song is that? Why are they singing? Be quiet. <laughs> In the same way, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to hold back your singing. All right? I want us to sing loud. I don't want us to think we can't sing because we all can sing. Amen? <laughs> Some of us are like, amen, fine. <laughs> you are made to sing. Point number two. We sing in the Spirit. We sing in the Spirit. On the first passage that Gina read in Ephesians 5, right before Paul commands the church you know, to admonish one another by singing you know, hymns and psalms, and songs of, uh, songs of the Spirit, it says, be filled with the Spirit. It says, be filled with the Spirit and sing songs to one another. What that means is in John seven thirty eight, Jesus says, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of your heart, out of your spirit will flow rivers of living water. Living water means the Holy Spirit. All right? And in Matthew 12, Jesus says, Out of the overflow of our hearts, what happens? The mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of our hearts, the mouth speaks. What I'm talking about is this. You and I, we're called to live a Spirit-filled life. And when we're living our life according to the Spirit, what, overflow, what ought to overflow from our mouths is singing, is praise. All right? In, in Psalm 96, 1 and 2, David says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Everyone say, new song. new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name, and tell of His salvation from day to day. There's a Hebrew word that I love called Tehillah. Everyone say, Tehillah. Uh, you guys are laughing because I know what you guys are thinking. <laughs> y'all, need, y'all need to be here in church, right? I'm just playing. <laughs> tehila. You got to... You got to... Tehila, all right? It's a Hebrew word that, that says... It means spontaneous praise. In other words, a new song. A new song. You know, I believe that what it means to sing in the Spirit, sing in the overflow of being filled in the Spirit, it means to sing out what's on your heart. Singing out a new song. How many of you guys know Hallmark? Hallmark cards. You know, I wish they had a Hallmark cards here, but whenever I went to Hallmark cards back in the States, I would would stand there and I would not just look for what card looks pretty. I would spend quite a... You know, quite a long time looking through every card, not just one that looks nice. But what would I do? I would open it, and I would, there's always a message in there. Some like, I don't know, cheesy poem or something very deep. Like, there's a message in there. 
And I'm like, you know, let's say I bought this card. Oh, this, this is a nice message. I like this message. And I bought that card. And then, you know, and I bought it for my wife, Pauline. You know, next, next week is our one-year anniversary, yeah? And then, and then I got this card, and I, and I, and I gave it to her. So I, I love you, baby. I love you. And then she opened the card, and then, and then there was nothing written on the card. And she's like, you didn't write anything. And I was like, no, but read the message. <laughs> I mean it with all my heart, the message. You know, I think she, she, you'd be kind of blessed, right? No, no she's like, <laughs> you see, this silly illustration is uh, to show us that, you know, when we sing worship songs that we know to God, it's like singing to God songs that are lyrics that are on the card. The message that are, that's on the card. But what it means to sing a tehillah song, a new song, a song overflowing from our hearts, that's a song that we actually write on the card. What's on our hearts, we begin to sing. So, brothers and sisters, at this house, when we worship, it's not just a fancy instrumental that, you know, that the praise team is trying to, trying to show off. It's, it's that time when you hear it here and there. People are actually singing in the Spirit. People are singing a new song. People are singing what's actually on their hearts. And that touches God's heart so much. That touches God's heart so much. That's what it means. We sing in the Spirit. Number three, we sing from His truth. We sing from His truth. The second passage Gina read for us in, in Colossians chapter 3. Right before it says, sing songs to one another. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You see, the two passages she, she read, they sound the same, but the beginnings are different. The first one is be filled with the Spirit. The second one is, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And then... Sing songs over one another. We should be mindful and cognizant of what we are singing. <laughs> Amen? Singing is not only an, an emotional experience. Singing is powerful because it draws out our emotions. But I want to warn us, if we're not engaging our minds, we might be falling into emotionalism, where our emotions determine our faith. That's what we got to be careful of. That's why we need to be mindful of what we are singing. And we need to be mindful of the truth that we are singing. You know, more and more these days, with all kinds of music, we need to be mindful of the things that we're listening to, don't we? It's not just about, you know, I do this too, like, man, I like this song so much. Why? Because it has a sick beat. <laughs> the melody is so catchy. And then I, I pause and I take some time to listen to them. I'm like, oh my God, I've been listening to trash. Some toxic lyrics here. And I'm like, man, we need to be mindful of what we're singing. The thing about music is that we can get just so into it and lose ourselves in it. But it says here, we've got to be enriched with the truth. Enriched with the truth. You know, when we sing together... When we sing together the truth of who God is, 
and the truth of all that He has done, when we sing together corporately, it washes over our minds and our spirits. What we did just now, it's so important because from Monday through Saturday, we're living in a world where there are so many subliminal messages, where there's so much of the spirit of the age. Spirit of the age meaning, you know, the, the, the mantras of this culture coming into our systems again. We're being stained by these things, stained by the ways of the world. When we come here on Sundays, gather for corporate worship, and when we sing what we're doing, is what we're washing over our minds. We're washing over our spirits with truth. Reminding ourselves of the truths of who God is. Alright? So what we see here, this is pretty cool, is that in John chapter 4, 24, it says that the Lord is looking for people who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. True worshipers are those who will worship in spirit and in truth. And my point I said earlier, we are to sing in the spirit. And the point after that, we are to sing from the truth. I believe this is what it means to worship in spirit and truth. Being filled with the spirit and letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Number four, singing helps us remember. Who has bad memory? Raise your hand. All right. I have bad memory. Right? Singing helps us remember. Remembrance of who God is and what He has done. Let me read this quote um, by Oliver Sacks. All right? he, he studied music. Uh, and he said, Every culture has songs and rhymes to help children learn the alphabet, numbers, and other lists. Even as adults, we are limited in our ability to memorize series or to hold them in mind unless we use mnemonic devices or patterns. And the most powerful of these devices are rhyme, meter, and song. Songs are made to stick, not just to our minds, but I believe to our spirits as well. It helps us to remember. This is exactly why I believe God chose to teach the Israelites about who He is and His ways and His character through Specifically a song. Songs help us remember. And point number five. Oh, I actually messed up on here. I said six, right? I only have five. (laughs) Point number five. You guys are like, oh. Point number five. Singing. We warfare through our singing. We engage in spiritual warfare when we sing. Like I shared earlier, like what King Jehoshaphat did when he lined up the praise team in front of the army as they went into warfare. That is a picture of how powerful worship and singing is when it comes to spiritual battles. How many of you guys know that our fight, when we fight spiritually, the enemy is really after real estate in our minds? Monday through Saturday, we're hearing and we're thinking and we're feeling so many different things. That's determining our reality. But we need to sing. We need to warfare to recapture and retake that real estate in our minds. When we sing, we warfare just like David did. 
There is power, church. When we sing the truth, it's powerful. When we sing the truth, it's a direct assault unto the father of lies. It's a direct assault unto the father of lies. So know that when we sing together, it's not only affecting God's heart. In the spiritual realm, man, we're assaulting the enemy. We're taking ground again. And I want to share a story. When I was in, when I was in Africa, I was there for about a year and a half on missions. One of the things that I had to do was I would teach English class. And I was in a really small country called Gambia. Now, some of you guys already know. And Gambia is a 95% Muslim country, Islamic country. And in my class, uh, it was a, it were, there were college students. And I was teaching them English. And I had to come, with create, come up with creative ways uh, to teach. And one thing that I knew about my class is they loved music. They loved rhythm. They loved dancing. They loved music. So what did I do? I came into the class with my guitar. And when I brought the guitar into the room, they got really excited. Teacher John, you're going to teach a song for us? I'm like, yeah, today we're going to learn a song. And, 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 and I, got, I feel I got wisdom from the Lord on how to teach English. What I did was I printed in English lyrics of worship songs. Lyrics of songs that had to do with the gospel. And, you know, line by line what we do for the first, like, hour, we, you know, we give them understanding. I teach English, and what does this line mean? What does this line mean? And not just understanding words, but what does this phrase actually mean? And through that, I got to preach the gospel to all these Muslim students. And then, in the very end... I would like hype it up. I'd be like, all right, you guys want to hear the song? <laughs> you guys want to hear the song? Um, and so I begin strumming. And for me, I'm not just entertaining them, trying to be a teacher. I'm actually purposefully engaging my spirit. And I'm worshiping right in the middle there. And I'm warfaring in the spirit through my worship and singing. I remember this one time. I was, I, right when I strum, I, a song that I was teaching them was by Phil Wickham called Because of Your Love. Because of Your Love. And I was singing, and they were all just so zoned in, listening, my class. And then, and then all of a sudden in the back, I had a student, her name was Incha. Her name was Incha. And then all of a sudden, I got to the bridge, started singing, You did it for me, you did it for love. It's your victory, Jesus, you are enough. I just started seeing that again and again and again, louder and louder. In the back, you know what, Incha, you know what happened? She started growling. She started growling. And I'm like, oh, no, I know what's going on. And I, I just sang louder and louder. And when I got to the chorus, Incha, she got up and she started squirming on the ground and she was screaming. Her voice had changed. The whole class, they ran out of the room. Because at that time, the folk Muslims there, they believe in demonic transfers. So they were afraid. So they all left the room. Myself and two other Christian students in the room, we stayed. I kept worshiping. 
they went and they started praying for Incha. And then I let my guitar down. I joined them for prayer. And this is the first time this has ever happened to me. Incha looked at me and it was not Incha. I heard another voice. And I said, God loves you. He has purchased. I started declaring the gospel over her. And she, the demon pretty much looked at me and said, no, no, be quiet. And they were praying. I started singing the song again. And then all of a sudden, she started shaking violently. And all of a sudden, she lay flat. She opened her eyes. She's like, what happened? Where am I? All the students are outside watching (laughs) in the window. Next class, I began to teach about what I believe, what had happened. For me, I was so shocked that that happened. (laughs) I've never experienced anything like that before. But I knew from then on that there is power when we sing the truth. It's a real spiritual warfare out there. And for us, it may not show up in demonic manifestations. It could. But for us, our battle here in this country, our battle is a lot of it is in our minds. What do we believe? What are the narratives that help dictate how we feel and the decisions we make? When we sing, when we sing, church, we wash over our minds. We engage in warfare. We exalt Jesus. Amen? Could it be that the enemy's agenda is to shut our mouths from singing? Could it be that he knows how powerful our words are when we sing them out into the air? Declare it over one another. Brothers and sisters, Paul's command to sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, songs about who God is, the truth about who He is, and what He has done. Could it be that every discouraged and heavy and anxious soul that walks into this room, when they choose to engage in singing, could it be that they could walk away realigned and refreshed with the truth of God once again? Could it be that we actually need this? I don't have a sixth point, but I just came up with a sixth point. I should say the sixth point. We sing because we respond to the beauty of Jesus. That's a great sixth point, right? I pray, I really pray that our church, we become a church that is continually filled with the Spirit and that the Word of Christ dwells richly in us. When we are filled with the Spirit, you know what happens? You know what the Holy Spirit loves to do within us? He loves to reveal the beauty of Jesus in us. He loves to reveal the majesty of God in us. That's what the Holy Spirit loves to do. Man, I pray that we would be a community that gets a greater glimpse of the beauty of Jesus, all that He has done, who He is to us, and that we would just simply respond in song together. Amen? Let's all stand up. I want to ask praise team to come up. And they're just going to lead us in that song, that last song. And I want to invite us 
I want to invite us. If I could just ask us to just close our eyes and really consider what I preached today. Just close our eyes and, and remember what we are doing here. That we are a spirit-filled community. That we are a community pursuing the word of truth. And like we told one another earlier, man, your singing matters. It matters for yourself. It matters for the person next to you. It matters to God. It matters in this country. I pray that we would be a singing church. So Brother Yoon, could you lead us into that song? And let's sing in faith. Let's sing like we believe it. Let's sing like we want to be there as well. Amen.